Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Get on over to smitty1.com and click on the underdog fantasy banner. Deposit a minimum of 10 bucks and I'll give you a free phone call. We'll talk draft, trade, whatever you want. Go to smitty1.com, click on the underdog fantasy banner and make sure promo code Smitty's entered. Let's go. 40%. Near 40% of the entire top four rounds in 2021 fantasy football, according to ADP rankings, busted in week one. Flat out busted. Dropped a dud of a week on everyone's doorstep. An upper decker in the top tank. The question is, which players do we feel like will continue to be disappointments and which players will bounce back on a terror? Every single week two, week three, week four, we have players slumping all the way up to that point every single season and before week one kicked off i warned everyone week one's gonna be full of disappointments and do you freak out do you not freak out is there a good reason to freak out in some cases there will be but determining what player that busted in week one will continue to disappoint it's not an easy task but we're gonna attack it we're gonna break it down i'm going over every single bus player in week one that was inside the top 48 players, the top four rounds in fantasy football drafts. And I'm gonna give you my confidence level, my percentage chance that these players will continue to bust or not continue to bust, which will in turn allow you to know which players to buy, which players to sell, heading into week two, fantasy football. The fantasy football show begins now. This is the fantasy football show with your host, Smitty. You're watching the Fantasy Football Show. Number one, the top bust from week number one was Derrick Henry, the biggest name player to drop a dud week. But before we get to Henry, let's take a look at the top 48 players and which ones we consider bust for week one. Who busted and dropped a nothing burger on you considering the value you invested. Right here, we've got the top 48 according to ADP data heading into week one. McCaffrey and Cook balled out. Henry, bust. Kamara, balled out. Zeke Elliott, bust. Nick Chubb, balled out. Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams both busted. Jonathan Taylor delivered. Saquon Barkley did not. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, and Patrick Mahomes at 11, 12, and 13, they all balled out, and Mahomes made sure of it. Number 14, Najee Harris bust. 15, Austin Eckler delivered. Number 16, Diggs bust. Gibson, McCaffrey, Mixon, Hopkins all delivered. Ridley and Clyde at 21 and 22, bust, bust. A.J. Brown barely squeaked into the non-bust category. He did pull in a touchdown. He didn't exactly ball out, but we're not going to throw him in the bust category. Waller plays tonight at 24. Jefferson Allen, 25 and 26, bust. Josh Allen, 27, Monty, balled out. 28 is Jacobs, he plays tonight or could play tonight. Carson, Kittle, Keenan Allen, all delivered. J-Rob, J-Rob, bust. McLaurin, 
didn't ball out, but he didn't exactly bust. You could probably say he disappointed a little bit, but we'll just put him in the non-bust category because I don't think anybody's going to sell low on him. He still did fairly well. Evans bust. Sanders delivered. Lamb delivered. Kyler Murray, number 37 here. He bowled out in a major way. Allen Robinson bust. Swift did well. Lamar Jackson plays tonight. Godwin did well. Woods did fairly well at 42. Julio Jones bust. Amari Cooper balled out. Gaskin did he did he did solid. 46. A-Rod bust. Thielen, 47, balled out. Kyle Pitts busted at number 48. 17 at the top 45, because you gotta take uh gotta take Lamar, Jacobs, and Waller out for now. So 17 out of the top 45 completely busted. I mean, absolutely dropped a nothing burger for you, uh, considering what you paid. And there's a handful of guys that were borderline, like McLaurin did okay. Gibson, you know, he did all right, but he definitely felt very disappointing. So so 40% technically of the top 45 did not deliver in 2021 week one. Let's go over every single one of the players listed in red from Henry down to Pitts at 48 and talk about whether we feel, whether I feel that the confidence level is high or low that they will continue to disappoint. And if I think they're going to disappoint, then that means they're probably a pretty good trade away candidate. If you can even get anything, it depends on the player and how bad they did and how bad they look and how bad the panic level is. So kicking things off with Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry was the number three overall consensus player in 2021 fantasy football. Derrick Henry did not look good even when they used him, but the usage was was really bad. The game script wasn't there for Henry. He doesn't pull in passes. And if Tennessee is in a bad spot in 2021, if they won't be efficient because of the coaching changes and the new dynamic at play with Julio being injected into this offense, then he could get game scripted out more often than not. Tennessee could be playing from behind. And if they are, Derrick Henry's not in the game plan. Derrick Henry needs to get cooking to get his volume and efficiency up and again we're worried i'm worried i've been worried all offseason about him breaking down at his his current workload pace where he's going to cross over 1,000 total carries just within his last 2.8 seasons not including his entire career or anything just the last 2.8 seasons looking backward derrick henry will cross over 1,000 total carries in that short less than three-year time span and to put that in perspective Zeke Elliott, his whole career has 1,500 total carries and people are worried about him, but those are spread out. This is in a tight window of time that the D. Henry's going to get that volume if he stays healthy to get it. My confidence level that Derrick Henry out of a zero being very confident he'll do well, 10 being I'm ultra worried, worried to the max. My confidence level that Derrick Henry will bust moving forward is a whopping 7 out of 10. My concern is 7 out of 10, 10 being the most concerned moving forward. That means he's a sell-high candidate if for any reason you can still get rid of him at a price that makes sense. And, And one of the best and easiest ways to get rid of a player exactly in this spot is to go after another struggling player, which will be on this list right here. And off the top of my head, go after Elliot, go after Najee Harris specifically, go after Diggs, Justin Jefferson, Ridley, maybe Clyde and uh, another player 
Uh, these are all things I would consider doing. And that kind of lets you know that my confidence level is already, I'm, I'm giving it away, or higher for those guys than they are for Derrick Henry. So let's move on to the second player on this list, going in order of the highest drafted. Number five overall in fantasy football drafts was Zeke Elliott, and Zeke Elliott dropped a dud in week one. I, I do believe that this is the toughest defense in football, okay, in terms of, of stopping the run. There are there are giants that were stopped all season long last year. Let me put this graphic on screen and show everybody that nobody, nobody but Dalvin Cook ran against this um, defense in 2020. So if you look at this right here, 16 yards in week one for Kamara. I didn't leave anybody out either. This is every single matchup. And in cases where the starting running back didn't get all the volume, it felt a little bit like a sharing situation that week. I put the team stats. I didn't leave anything out. I wanted it to be completely honest and transparent. Kamara, 16 yards. McCaffrey, 59 yards. 26 for Melvin Gordon. The entire team for the Chargers that week, 46 yards. In week five, Monty had 29. Aaron Jones had 15. Jacob, 17. Goldman, 44. Kamara, again, 40 yards. Mike Davis, 32 yards. Entire team for the Rams in week 11, 37. Clyde, 37 yards. And then Dalvin Cook in week 14 dropped 102 yards on 22 carries. But he got the volume. No one else got 22 carries like that. McCaffrey got 18. He only delivered 59 yards. The entire team in week uh, 15 for the, the Falcons, 20, uh, 37 yards. Swift, 45 yards. And then in week 17, Gurley had 18 yards. This defense shut down everybody. So when people say, oh, you know, he still looked bad. How did he look bad? How did Zeke look bad? Because he didn't have room to run? Because there were two linemen there to tackle him at every turn? He had no room to navigate? And on that touchdown where there wasn't a good block to be had, and Zeke could have punched in a touchdown? And had he punched in a touchdown, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. It'd be like, oh, Zeke did like what Gibson did. He didn't make the bus list. He delivered. A little underwhelming, but he delivered. That would have been the story if Zeke punched in the touchdown. And on that play, I had people saying he looked bad, he looked slow. He's trying to figure out what to do when he's getting closed in on, so he's not going 100%. He's stutter-stepping. He's calculating. How can I get out of this? For people to say he looked garbage, he looked slow, he looks washed, they're just saying that. They're hearing it, and they're saying it. They're looking at the stat line, and they're saying it. They're not watching the game. He's looked like in some of the best shape of his entire career in practice he's fine Zeke Elliott there's some risk to maybe the fact that they pass too much and that's why my confidence level will be at a certain level but my bust radar is telling me that from a scale of zero not being worried at all to a scale of 10 being as worried as I can be my my risk level my bust radar my meter is telling me that Zeke Elliott is a number two out of 10, not extremely worried right now. And the only worry, again, is that they throw, throw, throw. But even that, when people say, oh, they're just going to throw 80% of the time, offenses don't throw 80% of the time. It, it's not going to happen. Like, could they throw more than normal? Yeah, but there's still a lot of volume to be left for Zeke Elliott on the ground. Not to mention he's one of the better PPR backs in football. He'll be more involved. This was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers calm down and buy low buy low Zeke Elliott especially if you're in a case where you have a player I don't believe can bounce back like Derrick Henry or in a case coming up here uh in Saquon Barkley I mean he'll bounce back but will he be what people paid for 
I don't think so. We'll get to Barkley in a second. But to get out of those situations, Zeke Elliott is a great potential guy to grab. Aaron Jones is up next. He's our third red out player, our red line player from the top 48 overall rankings coming out of, of draft day before the season kicked off. This is ADP data. And Aaron Jones came in at number seven overall on ADP data. And he flat out busted in week one. And while I'm I'm confident that his talent is still there, I am worried about the fact that he is so touchdown dependent. If you take away his touchdowns, he's not going to produce what you're paying, which is top 10 value, top 10 overall value, top five running back potential value. He needs the touchdowns. He's not a 1,400-yard rusher. He barely rushes for 1,000 yards. With the extra game, he might be looking at 1,100. He needs 15 touchdowns in order to gain his value. And and it's not that I don't think A-Rod can bounce back, and you'll see later that I'm not too worried about A-Rod. I'm just a little bit worried about the fact that we don't know what his touchdown volume looks like right now. We're pretty confident A-Rod can can turn this whole thing around. He lives in the drama. He was born and it molded by it. He didn't just adapt to the drama. He was born in it. So A-Rod, I, I like bouncing back, but then you got A.J. Dillon, and he always looks so good when he's on the field. And if Aaron Jones gets hurt, and he still hasn't in my mind, and you can say, oh, Smitty, he hasn't been hurt in a couple years, he still gets banged up a lot, and he, he plays through it. But, but Aaron Jones, in my mind, from the past... And just the the fact that I can't shake the label free in my own mind, he comes with a little bit of injury risk, in my opinion. And you add that to the uncertainty of the TD volume, and you add that to the fact that A.J. Dillon's there, that that this guy can vulture, and he looks so good when he's in there, and he's fresh, and they want to maybe get him involved. They kind of do. You kind of get the sense that they want him more involved this year. I feel like the the risk value is a 6 out of 10, 10 being ultra worried zero being not worried at all i'm gonna throw a six on aaron jones at number seven overall adp value that you paid so sell high and buy some of the guys that have the lower risk level that we're going over today um, but that's how i feel about aaron jones heading into to week two on Devonte adams you you paid number eight overall value for this guy and he did nothing in week one how worried am i i'm not worried I'm not, but this is Devontae Adams. And Aaron Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, if, if anything gets fixed, it's the passing game. I still worry about Aaron Jones. I, I told you why just a second ago. But I'm not worried at all about this guy right here. Uh, Adams is, is going to get fed a ton if the Packers continue to play from behind and play bad football. This was a, a weird situation. It happens all the time. There's there's the best receivers in, in fantasy football in the history of fantasy football have had dud weeks in week one before. It happens. And I'm buying low at every turn. I'm not worried whatsoever. I am, however, worried about Saquon Barkley. And I, I, I spoke my mind all offseason long. I talked about it leading into the final weeks of drafting very heavily. And he didn't look sharp. He looked like he was trying to get through the game. And he got through the game. So that's good news. Here's the skinny on Barkley coming out of week one. Barkley ran the ball 10 times for 26 yards. That's not obviously good. Um, and I worry about the offense moving forward. That's like red flag number one. I worry about the offense. Will Barkley have a bunch of eight-man fronts all year long working on this knee and driving him into the ground? I don't, I don't see him staying healthy. I don't see him stand healthy. I'm more worried about Barkley right now than I was when I thought he may not play week one. This team looks awful in a lot of ways 
But the good news is he did start. He played 47% of the snaps, which was not not bad considering what we were thinking might happen. Devontae Booker had four carries. The Giants looked awful on offense, which again is red flag number one. Health and concern about Barkley getting hurt based on the fact that he's going to be facing stacked boxes and, and, and brutal defensive game scripting. That's red flag number two. Number three, injury often occurs after an ACL tear when someone's not completely ready to return, which is what I'm trying to hint at, that I think Barkley is not fully ready because he barely he barely made all the cutoffs to even get on the field in this one. I feel like he's rushing it and he's pressured to rush it and get back. And we don't know what kind of setback he may or may not have had in the offseason. I, I still firmly believe we might hear something later because this is how news comes rolling into us these days. It's awful. But we hear it later where it's like, oh, he had a he had a cleanup surgery in, in May. Well, that explains why he was behind. I feel like we're going to hear something like that. I have no insider information on that. That's a gut instinct. But the fact that Barkley doesn't feel ready, the compensation is a concern for me. I have a feeling that with the, the stack boxes and the bad defensive game scripting that he's looking at, the, the opposing defense is looking to shut him down because they're not afraid of the pass. I have a feeling he doesn't last the year. Something like an Achilles injury or a, another knee injury or a hamstring injury or just some other knee issue is going to develop because he, he doesn't have any room to run. He's just taking abuse. He's coming back from an ACL tear, just taking abuse, taking straight up 10 carries for 26-yard type abuse. And and the current news today, he's limited in practice, as he probably should be, coming off an ACL tear playing his first game. Not that shocking. But the news comes out, the Giants coach saying um, that, uh, you know, unless the medical team tells us something else, Barkley should be under center for... Uh, Thursday's matchup against the Washington Redskins, which is another brutal matchup on a short week. You guys aren't going to like this one, but my confidence level of Barkley continuing to disappoint or disappoint entirely at the end of the year is a high level. 8 out of 10. uh, 10 being the worst and most concerned you could possibly be. 0 being not concerned at all. My concern level is at an 8 out of 10 moving forward for Barkley, and he's a sell high for me for the remainder of the year if you can get away with selling them high. And the best way, again, is not to go after a big-name player that's doing well. You have to go after another doubted player on the list here that is also freaking people out, and maybe you can swap risky players, quote-unquote, and and get yourself into a player that you believe is going to do well all year. Najee Harris was drafted in the 14 to 18 overall range and is a a bus candidate because he didn't deliver and produce a ton of a ton of work but he was on the field almost the entire time if not the entire time for the Steelers the usage was there it just wasn't an efficient day and the Steelers couldn't necessarily move the ball down the field the way they wanted but the volumes there I'm not worried about his talent and I know the offensive line is a concern but I'm buying low at every turn and my risk level from a 0 to 10, 0 being not concerned at all, 10 being the ultimate concerned, is 2. I'm not worried. In fact, he's my favorite running back by low so far and probably on this entire board. I like Zeke Elliott a lot too, but I love trading for Najee Harris. I think he's a very low-risk acquire right now. And especially if you're dealing with a, 
uh, a Henry or an Aaron Jones or a Barkley or another player that I that I doubt, like J-Rob. Get rid of J-Rob and a receiver that's popping off right now and try and get Najee Harris. He's probably one of the best by lows. He's a league winner at this point. Najee Harris is a league winner in terms of going and getting him in a trade. Um, so I, I love Najee right now. I'm not worried about Diggs at all. One second, don't go anywhere. I'm still going to talk about Diggs. I just want to give you one quick uh, little hint as to who you should be using for your DFS and prop combination fantasy football uh, craving. Watch this real quick. I've got a new way for you to experience daily fantasy sports and esports. It's called Thrive Fantasy, baby. And you can find it at smitty1.com slash thrive. Based off player props, the way you love to play fantasy you set your lineup of player props choose your lineup of over unders on the app each prop has a fantasy total that that gets added up so you're setting like a a lineup based on the player prop wait a minute smitty you're telling me you can play fantasy football using player props that's right bob you can actually build a lineup using player props and get the provided fantasy points that are allocated for that player prop to land rack up the most points bob and you win a certain percentage of that prize pool baby prop up with thrive fantasy today smitty1.com slash thrive i'm not worried about Diggs. Diggs will be fine he's still a potential top one to five wide receiver in fantasy football he dropped a, a bad game but josh allen is a big reason why Josh Allen dropped a bad game. Diggs can't do well if Allen doesn't do well. So I think if anything, we got to look at Josh Allen and determine is Allen a guy that we're worried about. So let's put Allen on screen too. If we were worried about Allen, I would then be worried about Diggs. I have a confidence level of zero in terms of bust going forward. Zero percent of me is worried about Josh Allen and Diggs busting moving forward. Assuming they both stay healthy, I think it's going to be one of those. You buy these guys low right now, and you can buy them as a duo. You can trade like a Godwin and another quarterback. Like I've seen a couple offers come through on my text line where people could trade Brady and Godwin for Allen and uh, and Diggs, and it's like, oh my God, what a home run move. Zero out of 10 in terms of my bust meter. I have no concerns about this duo going forward. And and aside from Harris at running back, these are probably my two favorite go-get players because they're like can't miss as long as they stay healthy in my mind. Go get both of them before it's too late because they'll never be cheaper than they are right now. I have very little worry about Ridley. Ridley will be fine. Um, I think that, that buying him low is one of the smartest things you can do. If you got a guy like AB or Godwin or Lockett, or even if you have like a really good backup quarterback, you got Herbert and Kyler somehow, and I've seen that before. Or let's say your team's in shambles and you need to get rid of Kyler to make other parts of your team better because with Kyler, without Kyler, you're not going to win because you've been hit with injuries. you got J.K. Dobbins went down. Maybe you lost Mike Thomas and you did an early draft. Whatever the case may be, and you're like, I've got Kyler. I've got this bargaining chip, this player that can get me a ton in trade value, even though I don't want to trade him, and I believe in Kyler. We're not trading Kyler unless we're getting top dollar. Two filet mignons for one. That's the only way I trade Kyler Murray. But Ridley's there for the taking. Not that you would necessarily even need to give Kyler straight up. You could get Ridley and something because people are freaking out about Ridley. So if you've got that two quarterback situation on lock and you only start one, 
like this is the kind of move you make to win a league. You get a Ridley before uh, he ends up, uh, you know, going up in value again, and he will because he's a, he's a stud. I have zero percent worry about Ridley. Nothing about his talent or situations worrying me. If anything, they're just going to throw more if things aren't gelling well with the running game. And, and Mike Davis, this is going to be an easy bounce back uh, week two for him. So go buy Ridley now while you can. I'm worried about Clyde a little bit, but not as much as many of you probably think I'm going to be worried about him. I, I feel like Clyde, he had three receptions for 29 yards. It wasn't an awful PPR day for him. It was just a weird game. And I know we can't keep using that excuse because that technically is game scripting. If he could get game scripted out, then this is a problem, right? But you still got to remember you took him at number 22 overall on average and he's still going to produce, in my opinion, that kind of level of production pretty easily. Once he gets the touchdowns, he will. Once he gets in the red zone more and being used in the red zone, he will. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a crafty, shifty running back. And I truly believe he will earn his 22 to 24 overall value. I think people are still expecting top five running back numbers out of him every single week. And when he doesn't deliver on last year's expectation, even though you paid 22 overall value, it still disappoints you. Like he didn't play like a 22 overall player today. But this was week one. We had 40% of the entire top 48 not playing like the value you paid. So to judge Clyde on his week one and give a lot of other players passes feels unfair when his situation is, is excellent. He's in a great offense that scores a lot of points. Will he get game scripted out from time to time? And I think he's getting more and more used in the passing game. So I don't think he will on average be game scripted out when they when they go past heavy the offensive lines retooled is still gelling i think clyde is a great buy low right now and even though i love him and he's a great buy low there's still a little bit of concern about being game scripted out but i'd say this is a four um no i'd even move it i'm gonna move it to a three a three i'm concerned a three out of ten in terms of the bust potential continuing on into the remaining weeks that's a pretty low number uh, and I think people should buy low, especially if you're in like a bind with Barkley or Henry or Aaron Jones or other players that I doubt, like J-Rob. JJ, go get Justin Jefferson. I have zero concerns about him. Zero out of 10 on the bust meter. He's not going to bust unless he gets hurt or something. This guy is a stud. And the fact that I've heard, hey, should I trade Godwin for him? Or, hey, should I trade A.B.? For Jefferson, the fact that this trade can even happen after one week of football is so head-scratching to me. Go get JJ now. You will never see him cheaper than he is right now. We talked about Josh Allen already. I'm not concerned whatsoever. And again, I'm not concerned about Diggs. J-Rob, I'm worried. We knew Urban Meyer was a big risk walking into week one. Urban Meyer was a wild card from his drafting of ETN and not knowing what he's going to do with J-Rob. I think uh, Trevor Lawrence kind of overcame some of the deficiencies that are implemented by Urban Meyer's presence alone. And and you saw, you saw him deliver. Trevor Lawrence did well considering how bad he did and the offense did all at the same time. It was a mixed bag. Trevor Lawrence is really good. We just wonder if it's going to be a reset year for Trevor Lawrence next year if they've got to get out of this Urban Meyer situation. I am worried to the max when it comes to J-Rob or almost to the max. I'd say 9 out of 10 concern. Um, zero being not concerned at all. 10 being concerned that the bust will continue. And uh, if it's me, I'm selling high if I can. 
And I have very little confidence that J-Rob will be consistent or used properly in 2021. I just don't trust Urban Meyer at all. I go get Mike Evans right now in, in, in all leagues because he's the definition of consistency on the year. He's up and down during the year. In total point leagues, he's a little more consistent because the stats will be there at the end. JP and all of us talked about this in the YouTube exclusive group that you can join going to my main YouTube page, clicking the blue join button and getting on those two video calls we do every single Sunday. Um, so join up and, and be a part of those. They're like big Zoom calls where we get on on Sunday, halftime of the morning game, Sunday, halftime of the Sunday night game. We talk about all of this stuff. And, and we did this marker board session uh, last time we jumped on there on Sunday and did all this breakdown ahead of time. So join the, the YouTube exclusives. But I'm not worried about Mike Evans. I In fact, I put him at a three and say, go buy him low. I think he can be a wide receiver one, a low-end wide receiver one. He's going to get his turn. Everybody just taking week one and saying, oh, Tom Brady only looks AB's direction or he only looks Godwin's direction or Godwin's going to stay healthy. Like, Evans will be fine. Evans will be fine. Tom Brady's smart enough to be like, okay, everyone's going to be looking at Evans and AB. Watch what I'm going to do on Sunday in week two. I'm going to force feed my boy Mike Evans, and he could have a two or three TD game. And then what's everybody saying at that point? Go buy Mike Evans low. Allen Robinson worries me enough that, you know, until they figure things out and what they're going to do, I feel like he's still a seven in terms of what you paid. He's going to be inconsistent. Once Fields is in there, I think this could go to like a, a green level. But for now, I probably sell because I don't know if I want to wait on Chicago and their decision making. Julio is a big concern because this offense is not going to be pass heavy and the dynamic of it has changed from staff to players. This offense is not the same as it was last year and they could struggle and they're not a pass heavy attack. They're trying to run and I don't know where Julio fits in. I don't know how it's going to affect AJ Brown, which is why I worry a little bit about AJ Brown because you can't just take the 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 allocated targets that were going to Jonu and to Corey and say, now Julio gets this and A.J. Brown gets that. It doesn't work that way. It's a new offense. new. There's some new staff and we don't know what the heck we're looking at. And so far in week one, it doesn't look good. My confidence level is an 8 out of 10. 10 being super concerned that this bust potential continues in the coming week. So if you can sell high on Julio, I would. I don't even know if you can right now, but I don't have confidence that Julio is going to deliver anywhere near his ADP, which was about 40, 40 to 43 overall. I said earlier, I've got 0% concern about uh, Adams. I've got, we'll put A-Rod at a two only because he's getting older and we don't know when that drop-off could happen or injury or something. Uh, but I'm not that worried about A-Rod at all. And, and I, I could almost even put this at a one. I think he's, he's like I said earlier, born in drama, molded by it. He he. This is what he lives for. And so I think A-Rod will be a good buy low candidate. Let's say you have, let me give you an example. You have Kyler. Again, don't trade Kyler for anything unless you need to make a move to win. Your team isn't like, look in the mirror. Is my team good enough to win? No, but I've got Kyler. Then maybe you trade Kyler. You could trade Kyler for A-Rod and probably get Najee Harris right now or Justin Jefferson and give back some guy like Brandon Cooks. You could probably give Kyler and Brandon Cooks for A-Rod and Justin Jefferson, or A-Rod and Ridley, A-Rod and Harris, and A-Rod will be fine. I'm not saying I like the move to get rid of Kyler, but you got to look at your team and look at yourself in the mirror and say, what do I got? What do I need? How can I win? So Kyle Pitts, I'm, I'm like, I don't know, we'll put it at like a, we'll put it at like a five. 
Uh, I'm worried about him a little bit. He isn't necessarily looking exactly like we had hoped in week one, but it's week one. I only say five because I think expectations at 48 overall were that he wouldn't do this in week one. He wouldn't do this in week four. We wouldn't do this in week seven. And I feel like this will be more par for the course. He'll have a big week, a not so big week, a big week. That's the way rookie tight ends are. He's definitely special. He's definitely generational. And he definitely will have less, you know, smaller weeks as a rookie than most players. But people were expecting like number three overall tight end uh, production all year long. And I think we'll be kind of like this. So he's a good buy low, though. I do like him. I'm buying low on Pitts. I'm buying low on A-Rod. Not A-Rob. A-Rod. I'm not, I'm selling J-Rob. I'm selling A-Rob. I'm selling Barkley. I'm selling Aaron Jones. I'm selling Henry. I'm buying Zeke. I'm buying Devontae Adams. I'm buying Diggs and Harris and Ridley and Clyde. Josh Allen. Mike Evans. Jefferson. Uh, so that's it. I feel like it's a very thorough breakdown of the top 48 and all the busts that were inside that top 48 for week one. Catch me every Tuesday and Thursday live here on the Fantasy Football Show live from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. every single Tuesday and Thursday. Order my text advice at heysmitty.com. Let's get the one-on-one text advice going so we can fix your league, cook up trades, talk about waiver wire ads, and all that good stuff. And find everything at smitty1.com later. This is the Fantasy Football Show with your host, Smitty. Oh my God. You're watching Fantasy Football Show. That's me.